the feeling of love is not enough to sustain a marriage, to grow a marriage, to nurture a marriage, to cultivate a marriage, nourish a marriage. Um, it's definitely a lot of action following um, a commitment, not necessarily um, the feeling. Welcome to Casa de Arte, a podcast about creativity, spirituality, and the thread that holds them together, love. Hello, and welcome to Casa de Arte. I am so excited to be introducing our anniversary podcast. At the airing of this or the premiere of this podcast it is our anniversary seven years we've been married for seven years now isn't there a song seven rings <laughs> oh dear lord I don't know if that's yes a good thing. happy anniversary lewis yes i was gonna try to quote seven rings but i can't think of the song how it goes except for something about my hair gee thanks just bought it <laughs> nice happy seven years ashley Today we thought it'd be cool if we could share seven things we have learned about marriage in our seven years of marriage. So that's what today's podcast is, as you saw by the title. And we hope it ministers to you and speaks. Uh, maybe you're married, and that's cool. Maybe you're not married. That's cool, too. We hope that you get something out of this. And we would love to really hear about you guys. If this podcast is making an impact in your life, if you have gotten deeper in your art creativity your marriage spirituality we would love to hear from you and know that this is making some kind of difference so that it keeps us going we don't have any advertisements or whatever monetizing we don't monetize from this podcast but um it definitely helps us to know that this podcast has a purpose and that you are part of our story somehow so We'd love to hear from you, so please let us know um, on Instagram, our email, um, all those uh, social media platforms. You know how to reach us um, and let us know how um, our little corner of love in the podcast world is ministering to you. So let's get started. Yes. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? I'll go first. So the first thing I've learned about marriage is that the person you marry will grow and evolve in ways that you can't predict, meaning that the person you say I do to is not the same person (laughs) that um, is going to be there seven years from from that moment on. Mm. And um, that is a wonderful thing because I I grew too. but there's this misconception that, you know, yeah, we grew apart and that's some sort of excuse to um, end something beautiful um, that, that is in a process and it's, it's, it's a journey. It's definitely not a destination. And um, I love the person that you've grown to be. Mm. And I take so much patience seeing each other through those times of growth. And trust in God that he's going to hold us 
and sustain us in that growth too. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, for me, something I've learned is there are not many things that can end a fight faster than the words, I am sorry. Mm. I find that especially with you and I, you know, just as much as our love is explosive, I think that arguments can be explosive and there's nothing that ends that quicker than just a surrender and like, you know what, I'm sorry. Cause then there's really nothing else can be said. It is what it is. So now the person can like forgive or hold the grudge or be bitter or whatever. But either way, the argument itself, the bickering, the debate, it kind of just dies. Cause, um, and I think that translates to all relationships, really. Absolutely, yeah. But um, a lot, and definitely in marriage, too. And to be a little bit more clear, when we say explosive, we really mean passionate. Yeah, I don't mean, like, physical. Is that what you thought when I said or explosive? Or in a negative way, could be. Or, like, verbally abusive or something. Right, it's just like... There's no abuse in the Holstein house. I was going to say yeah, but, like, no. There just will never be, like, abuse isn't a thing, so... Don't sorry, whatever. <laughs> Definitely no uh, abuse, emotional, physical, etc. No, but um, yeah, passionate would be fine. But we. What I meant is like loud voices. Not even that. I okay, would my say, voice. Um, I would say that it's just that we always want to be on top and we want to be right, and we so many humans do. And we're always trying to top each other. <laughs> yeah. Oh Good. my goodness. Okay, so. I think that's a good segue to mine, my next point. Number three. Um, it is better to give your complaints to God than to your spouse. Right. I am a big believer in praying and lifting up prayer and lifting up your husband, your partner, um, to the Lord and the things that aggravate you about them. <laughs> mm. um, and leaving it at that, um, I think that your you can make a difference in your spouse in that way. That, you know, I am going to change. I guess I'll use an example just to be a little bit more concrete. But, you know, there's a bunch of things that Lewis complains about me. One of them being um, my organization or lack thereof. And so in our marriage he's always been one to just kind of do it and organize and it's you're bleeding into my number four well, you gotta hold your horses i guess um that he in him doing that in the times that he has not complained to me audibly um it has given me a spark and a motivation to do it on my own by myself just because of his example and I think in many ways he can say the same about me. So go on into your number four, babe. Well, that's literally my number four. <laughs> so that's fine. Um, which is that if there's something I really want done, don't complain about it. Just do it. Um, kind acts of service almost always rub off. And that was something that my parents had told me because apparently my mother wasn't the most organized person either with various things and um my father would organize their dresser drawers or their laundry and things like that make their bed make their bed and um you know my mom just encouraged me it was more early on that i was complaining about it it's definitely not in the most recent years but um now my complaint is more of like meet me halfway but anyway 
Um, and my mom said, you know, don't complain. Like, it was your father doing it for me for so many years that inspired me to kind of move. And I guess that can always, like, backfire. Like, you could just create a culture that is Enabling. the person. Yeah, sure. enables. And then usually the person never does it. But I don't know. I think for us, when I communicated my expectation, but then still did it. I think that's what it is. It's, like, not not ever letting up on the fact like no I really need you to do these things you know um another one was like dirty dishes like I cannot stand having dirty dishes in the sink I think it takes like it literally actually takes less than two minutes literally less than two minutes um I've timed it um to do them so I'm just like there's never there should never be a reason for dishes but I've grown to just stop complaining and if they're there do them and if um if if I want them, yeah, if I want to do it, then do it. And if not, then like let it go and move on and just let them be dirty. And so I think that marriage has been really good at stretching us both, stretching you um, and maybe the realm of some organization or whatever, but then stretching me and letting go of things that really aren't that important in that exact moment in time, um, like dirty dishes or laundry or organization or whatever it is. So, and um, so, side note, we got a little commercial. This podcast is sponsored by um, Baby Rain, Elizabeth Holstein. She is um, having some sleep regression things and teething and growing and being six months. And so if you hear this, like, baby, um, that's because she's sitting in there's my, definitely baby on my wife's arms right now and making me go a little crazy. Two reasons. One, because <laughs> she is the cutest thing. I mean, like, I don't know if you've ever seen a baby otter, but, like, she competes really well um and then two like i'm so angry that like she screams and cries only to end all screaming and all crying the second she's picked up so like i know she's playing us i know she's playing us but anyway and this is our second child and our first child was not doing this at six months so it's been a little bit of a stretching on our part as well adjusting to a different personality and different set of circumstances that this baby brings and yeah here she is on our seventh year of marriage <laughs> yes so uh okay so that's that commercial so anyway we're going into number five number five you are just as responsible and in control for the narrative of your life as much as your spouse is and I say this to mean that I could sit here and and like blame my husband for whatever unhappiness, discontentment, fill in the blank that I may have. And at the end of the day, I am responsible for that discontentment. So something that I learned last year, um, coming out of depression, um, that... I can choose joy for myself and nothing or no one can take that from me. So I can choose to be joyful and happy and content and my spouse has nothing to do with that. Just as much as my spouse can't make me happy. <laughs> right. For all the right reasons. So it's a very important lesson to learn. Um, but if there's something that in our lives that I don't agree with or like or whatever, um, then I can do something about it. 
yeah, that was something, literally, a direct quote that Ashley told me about two and a half years into marriage, I was going through some depression, and um, she says, you know, I can't make you happy. I cannot make you happy. And that was going to, uh, and that changed me, because it's like, wow, you're right, like, I can't, I can't expect that to be the job of my wife, like, that's never something she's called to do, is make me happy. Um, because happiness is a choice that I have to make from within, and... You know, if you're out there and maybe you're not married and that's something that you feel like will be a key to happiness, I promise you it won't be. Um, happiness has to start with you and be within your own world, contentment within your own world. Um, you know, and that's with anything, like a job, a career, Absolutely. a couch, or that even, a car. Nothing you, will bring you happiness. It's something that you have to find within yourself. You can still even Marriage feel, included. You can still feel lonely in a marriage, you know? Oh my gosh, absolutely. So if you're struggling with loneliness... Let me tell you, you need to tackle that now because you can still be lonely in a marriage. All right, let's go to number six. So number six, um, checking in on each other from time to time is absolutely vital. Are you happy? That's funny we talked about that. Um, how are you really? Are you fulfilled? Those kind of questions. And while I find that asking those things are really scary, yes. which side note, they're scary because... They may have something to do with uh, you, you know, putting input into it. Um, they are so necessary. Uh, you know, I find that especially when it comes to like, are you fulfilled or in their marriage? Like, those are scary because it could be no, <laughs> and then you're like, okay, well, let's talk about it. But I, I love and I think it's so important. And it's not like we ask each other these things every day. But as the kind of seasons come, seasons go, I find that these questions have really gotten me out of the hole. When Ashley's asked me them, and I know that there's been times where I've just looked at her in the eyes and said, like, I see you, and I think that has set you free at times, too. Um, just being seen and just being, just knowing that in the monotony of day-to-day life, now with kids, we still hold each other as, you know, priority, and how are you really doing is so, so vital um, to be asked. Yeah, I think that I asked you that. A while ago, and I think the scariest answer you gave me was, like, I haven't even thought about it. Yeah, right. You know, like, I don't know. Um, And that's just, no, like, you being intentional again with your spouse. Because schedules and different things just kind of get in the way of being intentional and making sure that your spouse is your priority. Um, In a very, like, day-to-day, mundane, ordinary life scenario and i think you know too it's worth asking those whom you have a close relationship with that question i know we're talking about marriage right now but an art um, and a relationship that i think has really been lost on us and the church and even you know western culture is the art of friendship and just a very platonic friendship um between men or between women um i think that checking in with your friends and asking how are you really doing um, I think that's, I think that's so important and, um, and something that maybe isn't asked a lot, but we'll continue and jump right into point number seven, which is this. It takes more than love to hold a marriage together. It takes a strong will to carry the loveless heart back to love. When feelings aren't there, it's a matter of choice. I find that to be so true. <laughs> love in 
definition meaning like a fuzzy feeling or um, I don't know, just feeling at all, I think. And maybe we're just getting into semantics and, you know, maybe like love is all encompassing, but I just, I'm, yeah, love, you need more than love. You also need like a stubbornness to fight for something, you know, um, that's bigger than yourself. I love this quote from David Wickerson. It says, love is not only something you feel, it is something that you do. And I think that it goes hand in hand with that, that the feeling of love is not enough to sustain a marriage, to grow a marriage, to nurture a marriage, to cultivate a marriage, nourish a marriage. Um, It's definitely a lot of action following um, commitment, not necessarily um, the feeling. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you just don't feel it, so. I can't say that I've gotten there yet in our marriage. I think that it's less about, like, me not feeling love as much as me not feeling like I want to try right. to love you, I guess, right. in the way that you need to be loved. I think that makes mm-hmm. sense. Because um, that's something else, and this isn't even one of the things, but something I've learned, you know, in marriage, too, is, like, there's plenty of times where your significant other needs you to minister to them or love them or serve them in a way that is not a way that you, you prefer yeah. to love or serve or minister to. And not so this is more than just like not a way that you receive it. It's like actually sacrifice for you to do it at all. Because right. it's like it's not only do I not receive it this way, but I wouldn't want to receive it this way. I wouldn't mm-hmm. even want to do it. And I here I am doing it because I know that it ministers or mm-hmm. serves or loves on my wife. So I think that is more of my realm of like there's days that are that and I have to be able to move past that and say okay uh no i have to choose to do this and this and then act my way into feeling and then you and know. do it with the best attitude you can in the process of course i mean i don't always want to listen to uh show tunes on the road okay because we never do so so uh <laughs> it's saturday we're in the car we're listening to music and it's probably the first time i've listened to music in the whole week and uh it's show tunes because we just got tickets to those shows. <laughs> and I don't like to hear or see anything about these productions oh, before I see them. But that's that's the price that I paid to love. And then the whole way home, we listened to Beyonce. That was intentional. Tell me you don't like Beyonce. I love Queen B. <laughs> but I'm just telling you guys that. You didn't even get that. You didn't even get me doing that you um you die to self on a daily basis in marriage and it is oh, okay she's just a witness that it's all love here the whole scene household and we get to uh partake in that day in day out yeah but it's been a privilege and an honor um outside of all the reality uh moments of marriage the adjustments that love is beautiful and i love you lewis i am so grateful for you these last seven years have been the greatest for me so i would do it all again in a heartbeat i love you too It reminds me of um, my dad one time. They went to this marriage conference, and it was this guy and this, this couple, and they're, like, comedians, but they're also, like, you know, 
cinema stuff. And so they're talking about something the guy did. You know, they go on tour, this couple. There's all these different churches. And something the guy did. And he's like, you know what, babe? I got, I'm sorry for that. Will you forgive me? My dad was like so mad. He's like, this is so fake. <laughs> not that you're just saying you love me is fake. It's not. But I feel like us being that, like I could hear, I could see people being like, okay, stop. Leave the goos at home. But anyway, no, I do love you. I really do. And I'm so grateful for seven years with you. And seven year itch, who dis? <laughs> I'm not, I'm not worried. Nice. Um, okay. That was weird. Anyway. As we wrap things up, I we will include the um, seven things we have learned in the description box. So if you you know, don't want to run through or you just kind of want to see what we were saying by bullet point, you can check that out in the show notes. And if you've been married longer than seven years and you would love to add to our list, we would love to hear you. So please send that out to us and uh, let us know what to look forward to for the next uh, thousand years. Marriage. Yeah, we'd love to include that <laughs> on our next on our next podcast. We can kind of give some updated tips. Yeah, and that'd marriage. be really fun. Um, but lastly, as we're wrapping up, we always end with some art that we are currently digging, that we are currently in love with, and I will go first. So if you saw my Instagram, you saw me raving about this book that I read in a couple days, which is not normal for me, even for a novel. And that book is called Twenty One Truths About Love. It is written by Matthew Dix. And it is a book entirely written in lists, which it does, I have to say, like probably about halfway through, you're kind of like, okay, I'm tired of reading lists. But um, I personally love lists. And he, how he tells the story only through lists, I just still can't wrap my mind about it. I ordered the book immediately. I got it from the library. I ordered it immediately um, on Amazon. I, I have to have this book. It is in easily in my top three favorite novels of all time. I will read it again. I don't know if it was because it was the male perspective. I don't know if it was because the guy is expecting a child and I have just walked through that. Um, either way, this book, oh my goodness, it was so good. It was so good. And I really, really, really recommend it to everyone. He laughed out loud. He, uh, cried out loud it was i laughed i cried i had to literally me. read the book somewhere else that i was reading because he was is that why you left yes no way because you're like <laughs> oh wow. i'm like trying to read a book and he's like laughing out loud and then he like has to share because he just are you gonna read it loud. at some point yeah <laughs> it's so good it's really good and i want to like look and see maybe it won some awards last year i don't know maybe it didn't it's just really good it's so creative so that's my piece of art. Look it up. 21 Truths About Love, Matthew Dix. I will put that in the show notes. My art piece is this photo essay called A Photographer's Parents Wave Farewell by Aaron Orbe. Um, Orbe, I think that's what is, how you say it. Um, but it really is um, this essay based on a photography from Deanna Dykeman. And she photographed her parents saying goodbye. Um for um, since 1995 um, all the way till their passing a couple years ago and it's absolutely beautiful and uh, really pulled at the harsh strings of um, both me and Lewis's hearts um, we had just talked about this I had mentioned to Lewis how like you know his parents always wave to us 
goodbye and it's always the same way they've been saying goodbye to us since we were dating in the same manner and how it's gonna be really sad <laughs> um that that's gonna be forever embedded in my mind you know after they pass away so this was just very timely in the way that it came to be and so I would definitely recommend you guys looking at it and reading about it. It is really cool um, just to see how life changes, it moves, and yet our love for um, each other is still the same. Remains, yeah. And we will link that in the show notes as well. So happy anniversary to us. <laughs> and we will see, we will talk to you guys in uh, just two weeks. Yeah, absolutely. See you guys soon. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Casa de Arte. If you have a question or topic you would like us to cover, email us at casadeartepodcast at gmail.com. And we're still a new podcast, so if you like what you heard, please give us a review and share with your friends. Now it's over to you. Go create and give your art a home.